Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this special service linking three churches together in worship. Ardbeg Baptist Church on the Isle of Butte, and then down in Galloway, Wigton Baptist Church, and here in Glasgow, Hillhead Baptist Church. But no matter where you're joining in from this morning, you are very welcome. And I already see uh, that United States are represented. So welcome, everyone. Our service this morning will be led by the Reverend Peter Atkins from Ardbeg, the Reverend Stephen McGarver from Wigton, and the Reverend Katrina Gorton from Hillhead. But we will hear lots of other voices from all three churches in the course of our service. Our musicians this morning are Paul on keyboard and Yang Yang on violin. And um, if you don't normally meet in this way, can I just remind you that we all sing with our mics muted. Um, we are listening to recorded music and singing along by ourselves wherever we are, so only our neighbours have to worry if we're out of tune. In a moment or two, Bethany, Gillian and Nicola will be lighting our candle to signal the start of our worship. And if you would like to light a candle where you are, that's the time to do it. Now some specific notices for each church. First of all, for Ardbeg. Ardbeg will be going ahead with their church meeting this Thursday, the 23rd of September at 6.30pm in the church building. Papers are available on the table, as well as envelopes for next Sunday's harvest offering for BMS and Operation Agri. So make sure you check out the table today. Now for Wigton, at 3pm today, there will be an open air service in the garden of the Baptist and Sacred Heart churches, weather permitting. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I checked the forecast, Stephen, and it's looking really nice for mid-afternoon, so all being well. But do note there will also be an indoor evening service at 7pm this evening. And Hillhead notices, uh, tonight at 7pm our evening service will be held on Zoom and will be led by Robin Green and Christine Johnston. And Emma has asked me to say that so far only one family has responded to her invitation to outdoor Sunday school next Sunday. So if you're hoping to join in with that, could you email Emma and just let her know that you're planning to be there so she knows how many are likely to be there. Um, you'll find Emma's email address in the email I sent out yesterday with this week's uh, Sunday School lesson. <clears throat> and finally, a notice about one of the craft projects that we've been invited to share in in the lead up to COP26 climate conference. A huge thank you to everyone who sewed a fish for our banner that will be displayed on the mound in Edinburgh during COP26. We now have a beautiful panel to send over to Edinburgh. But now it's time for Bethany, Nicola and Gillian to light our candle. Let us light a light in the name of the maker who lit the world and breathed the breath of life for me. Let us light a light in the name of the sun who saved the world and stretched out his hand for me. Let us light a light in the name of the spirit who encompasses the world and blessed my soul with yearning. We have lit three lights, lights for the Trinity, the Trinity of, love. of love. 
God above God us. us. God beside us. God beneath us. us. The, the beginning, beginning, the end. end. The, ever the everlasting one. together now. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, our Saviour, gracious and kind, we gather here today in this special form of worship for us this morning. One of the different things that has happened to us through the lockdowns and the, the aftermath. Lord, it's good to be doing different things and to seeing different faces, all of whom are part of our family. And we pray for your blessing upon us this morning as we approach your gates as we sang, as we approach the place where you have promised to be, where two or three gather. Lord, we, we, we are glad to be here this morning. And we pray for a sense of your presence with us, even though we are scattered far and wide. As we are particularly aware of our time and our age, uh, the times that we live in, these strange, strange times, it's good to remember that song we've been singing has been sung in various forms for centuries. The God who chooses people to be his flock, to know him in life and to enjoy him forever. 
thereafter. Lord, we think of Ninian this morning and we celebrate over 1,620 years of continuous Christian witness in the southwest of Scotland, spreading throughout the whole of this nation and joining your work in all other nations as well. We are, are grateful for the time we can spend today remembering and giving thanks for this particular man and all who worked with him and all who would follow in his footsteps even today amongst us gathered from these three churches. The Bible tells us that you choose the times and the places where we will live. You do this in order that we might perhaps reach out and seek you and find you. We do that this morning. We confess our sins too and pray that you'll cleanse us and inspire us for a new age of mission in our own lives while on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. reading is from Hebrews 11, 
Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is the ancients were commend commended for. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what has been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The fish that never swam, the tree that never grew, the bird that never flew, and the bell that never rang. Let Glasgow flourish through the preaching of the word and the praising of God's name. I'm standing at the foot of the statue of John Knox overlooking Glasgow Cathedral, the cathedral dedicated to St Mungo, also known as Kentigern, and a Ninian site, the starting point for the Whithorn Way, a pilgrimage route that leads all the way to Ninian's cave. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege to be inside the cathedral, taking part in the nation's service for Climate Sunday. Across these islands, Christians of all denominations joined together to worship God, to listen for God speaking in scripture. And as part of that service, a replica of an ancient bell, like this one, but larger, was carried in linking us to the city's coat of arms, but also a warning bell calling us to action in the face of climate crisis. Something I'm sure that our forebears in Christ, Ninian, Mungo and other indigenous Christians would have shared with us in doing. Ninian established a burial ground under or very close to the site of what is now Glasgow Cathedral. And here, St Mungo, one of his followers, continued his work. We're told that when Ninian died, in his abbey, a bell began to ring all by itself. We heard a short scripture from the letter to the Church of the Hebrews who were commended for their faith, but reminded that only with us and with others is that faith completed. We are told that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, our forebears in faith, including Mungo and Ninian, all the bishops and ministers of this cathedral behind me, all those who shared the stories of Jesus with us, and all those who we will never meet. These people encourage us and urge us on in our story of faith. So as we follow in the footsteps of Ninian, let us praise God. Let us listen for God in scripture. 
and let us ring a bell of celebration. The next reading is from Isaiah chapter 52 at verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Sion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Sion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Amen. Ninian has been described by his biographers as a Romano-British prince, the son of a king or a chieftain. He was baptised as an infant and was a notably pious child. It's claimed that he forsook his home and his people to seek a theological education in Rome, studying under certain bishops of Rome and then being consecrated as a missionary bishop himself back to his own land and people by another bishop of Rome. Ninian was believed to have travelled through France on his way back here and he was inspired on that journey by the devotion and the working style of the famed Martin of Tours. Ninian chose Whithorn in Galloway to be the site of what would become the first Christian church in Scotland. He built a white house, Candida Casa, with, in, in, made of stone in the style of the Roman churches. And at this time, he heard of the death of Martin, his mentor, and so the church was dedicated in honour of St Martin. Ninian endured and encountered opposition as he worked in this area from the local king, King Tudvalis. But that king, later on, having been healed of a sudden painful blindness by the prayers of a forgiving Ninian, later became a true supporter of Ninian's work. Ninian wasn't satisfied with having a church down here in the south. He hoped that the Picts could also know the blessings of the faith, and so he travelled with a number of his own disciples on a missionary journey, setting off from Galloway and travelling through the whole of the mainland of Scotland and then up into the Northern Isles as well. This journey resulted in many conversions to Christianity. Ninian baptised new believers and established churches among them. He often, or he then returned to his own Candida Casa down here in Whithorn with more students who could be trained then to minister to their own peoples. He is said to have died at Whithorn on the 16th of September, 431 or 432, and was much lamented. So welcome today to St Ninian's Cave in the far, far distance over my shoulder. We're on the shores of Loose Bay, about three miles out of Whithorn town itself, and I can just see across the bay here um, in the fairly near distance, only a few miles away, the outline of the Isle of Man. Way, way back, many centuries ago, 
quite a bit, I suppose, after the Bible began, Isaiah prophesied, The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. In Roman times, this really was the ends of the earth. There are times when it still feels that way, too, sometimes. <laughs> and uh, this really was the end of the maps, um, the Hadrian's Wall. Uh, marked the kind of northern boundary of the empire and then the Antonine Wall was a further uh, extension I suppose of that trying to mark the, the further extents although there are traces of Roman roads all the way right north way beyond the Antonine Wall itself and Ninian would have used some of these in that missionary journey that I was talking about at the time. Now it's from here in Wigtonshire, modern day Wigtonshire that Scotland first of all heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time. About six, seven years ago, a group of us decided that it would be good to establish a daily time of Christian worship in Whithorn, the cradle of Scottish Christianity. Unless you went there on a Sunday, you didn't really have the chance of worshipping at the place where it all began in Scotland. And so we decided that it would be good to have a 10-minute um, prayer and Bible reading. That was all. Um, and that would be conducted by local Christians so that any visitors or pilgrims or local people themselves could do what people had done for centuries when they came here. Worship the Lord Jesus. And so part of the reason for that was to say, Lord, do it again. Just as you stretched out the gospel from the south right the way up to the Shetland Islands 1620 years ago or so, so will you do it again, starting in Galloway. And the Ninian moments in Whithorn were soon followed by a, a weekly Ninian moment in Wigtown, a Cuthbert moment in Kirkcubri along the coast, and I believe there is a Ninian moment in the Isle of Butte symbolising the spread of the good news from this base. The final page of the book from which I was reading, the book called My Ninian by Donna Brewster, a local historian, says, comparing Constantine the Great, who established Christianity throughout the Roman Empire, endowing the previously persecuted religion with power and riches and security, comparing that with Ninian's style, whether he, Ninian, was the son of an insignificant local tribal chieftain, or whether he was indeed, yes, indeed, whether he was the forgotten great-grandson of the great emperor Constantine himself, Ninian preferred Zechariah's way. Accomplishing God's work of witness on earth, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Ninian abandoned his birthright place of authority. Whatever that was within an earthly kingdom. He did this in order that he might personally seek to fulfil the command given by Jesus, that the good news of that other world kingdom should be preached to all people, right to the ends of the earth. Ninian has been largely forgotten in the modern world. This is sad, for Ninian, and Ninian alone can be credited with having been the inspiration behind the preaching of the gospel message to the ends of the earth as Isaiah had prophesied. In Roman times, the ends of the earth were here, as we said. They bore the name of Thule, a mysterious far northern place beyond the island of Britain, commonly believed to have been either the Shetland Islands or Iceland. 
In the lifetime of Ninian, no one seems to have lived in Iceland. Known groups of people did, however, inhabit the Shetland Islands. And there, in the Shetland Islands, their most ancient church sites bore the name of St Ninian. To God be the glory. Listen to my heart's cry. For no matter where I am, even when I am far from home, I will cry out to you for a father's help. When I am feeble and overwhelmed by life, guide me into your glory, where I am safe and sheltered. Lord, you are a paradise of protection to me. You lift me high above the frame. None of my foes can touch me. When I'm held firmly in your wraparound presence, keep me in this glory. Let me live continually under your splendor shadow, ending my life in you forever. You have heard my sweet resolutions to love and serve you, for I am your beloved. And you have given me an inheritance of rich treasures, which you give to all your devoted lovers. You treat me like a king, giving me a full and abundant life, years and years of reigning, like many generations rolled into one. I will live enthroned in you forever. Guard me, God, with your unending, unfailing love. Let me live my days walking in grace and truth before you. And my praises will fill the heavens forever, fulfilling my vow to make every day a love gift to you. Thanks be to God.
Welcome. Welcome to... Welcome to Ninian's Chapel. Here we have the, the remains of the Chapel of St. Ninian. See these low walls. On Ninian's Point. Just across Ninian's Bay from the God beloved island of Butte. I often come out here to to reflect, to pray. This was where I felt first first felt called to to serving on the island. This chapel that has been here for at least one thousand five hundred years speaks of the continuity and the discontinuity of God's work on this island and this place. If I were to have been here in Ninian's time, I wouldn't understand the service, which would have been in Latin. I wouldn't have understood the traditions, the practices of church gathered. And if Ninian were in our time, he wouldn't wouldn't recognize a lot of what we do. Yet we worship the same God. We honor the same Spirit. We follow the same Jesus. Ninian lived in the edge of empire geographically. The very fringes surrounded by barbarians. Some of us know what it is to live off the beaten track in places that lead to nowhere but which we call home. Ninian lived at the edge of empire chronologically. In his lifetime, in the course of his ministry, the legions left Britain and all that had been known and familiar of of nation, of empire, for twelve generations, it collapsed. It fell apart. We see, I think, signs of collapse in our time. Structures that once functioned seem decayed seem weaker, seem fragile. Ways of being that have held communities together for a thousand years don't work anymore. Habits of thought, of mind, of gathering don't work in the way that they once did. And I expect in my lifetime and that of my children greater changes yet climate economy and society we don't know much about Ninian the man some details have been passed down to us but what we do know presents a picture of someone who 
in times of great change, in a place of potential isolation, he he did not hide behind walls. He did not retreat into the familiar, but rather he broke out beyond. He was a man of position. He could have gone to the continent and got a good job behind the security of the empire, but he went the opposite way. He went out north into the lands of the Picts, where the legions had not trod. And he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of healing and salvation and life to those who, in every respect, would be considered as enemies. Ninian pioneered a way of a form of Christian community which bore witness to the life of death, the resurrection of Jesus, and which survived the collapse of all else in those times. I don't know if our names will be remembered <laughs> in a hundred years, much less a thousand that's not personally important to me. But I do feel an obligation to ensure that in the uncertain times that lie ahead, Christian community, people gathered in the way of Jesus, people faithful to what's revealed in the scriptures, live, breathe, walk, and bear witness in these places, just as our, those who have gone before us have done till now. Pray that, that Christ will be with us, whichever boundaries we're crossing in his name. Amen. A reading from the miracles of Bishop Ninian, chapter 3. How he returned to his own land and perverted the grace of Christ, the tribes of the Picts called Nezuari. So turning his steps from here, he came again to his lovely native land. The great apostle filled up the ranks of the faithful on the earth and swiftly with wise words the famous bishop taught his native land. He never relaxed his efforts so that when the dangers of the present strife were overcome, these people would wear purple crowns at the coming of Christ. What can I say that is worthy of you, bishop, the revered in the world? Or who is able to compose hymns to do justice to you? who successfully gave the commandments of Christ to the nations. Teacher, everywhere revered. After you obtained the multitude of the picks for your own, you are shamefully worshipping graven images of poor in the shadow of death. And when he converted them to Christ by the teaching of his holiness. All vying with each other to be bathed in the consecrated water, where they cleanse away the stain of their sin in the everlasting fountain. In this way, he sowed the seeds of life with holy lips and increased his talents and interests far and near among the nations. He built many monasteries with new churches, which now flourish with an excellent company of monks. As worshippers of Christ, they truly observed the monastic rules. So he instructed the kingdoms at the end of the earth with his teaching, 
destined to receive his reward when the, when the earth yawns open of his own accord, and all shall rise throughout the world at the coming of Christ. Father, we pray too for our own land, as we have heard from Peter in his video, a time of great change, when things that we have known for all of our lives and perhaps relied on and trusted and thought were unmovable, everything is changing and we often struggle with change. We pray for our whole uh, land that you will help us to turn to you, the one who never changes, but the one who will lead us through all change that we face. Help us to trust you. Help us to seek you. Help us to know your great wisdom uh, and comfort as you lead us all in different ways according to our own particular circumstances. Help us not to compare ourselves with other churches, nor even to compete with other churches. Help us to listen to your voice and to work in uh, harmony with our brothers and sisters throughout the land. We pray for the two churches this week in the Baptist Union's prayer um, scheme. 
We pray for Mossymouth, giving thanks for their children's mission held in the summer. And pray for them as they now begin to slowly come back to the building for certain things, working out how best to do that safely and to make the best use of the freedoms that we have, while also being careful to look after each other. And for the tiny little fellowship in Maybole, a church which for over 100 years has served you faithfully, and indeed which planted churches in Girvan and in Wigtown, or Girvan planted in Wigtown later on. We pray, Lord, for your blessing on that tiny fellowship as they meet online at the moment. For all who have been blessed in the past, for all future ministry in your will, give us wisdom and blessing. And for Canopy, the name for the online Baptist Union Assembly, which starts very soon. We pray for all the preparations and for all the ministry that will take place there, for all the praise, guide us and bless us. Amen. God, who is closer than our own breathing, we also bring our prayers for our local situations and the people of our congregations in Glasgow, Galloway and Butte. We pray for Wigtown, where the book festival will take place, that all the visitors will have a safe and enjoyable time and that the ministry of the churches will be a blessing. We pray for those churches that there would be a real sense of adventure as they discern how best to worship and serve in the ever-changing context of living through COVID-19. We pray for Ardbeg, continuing to serve an island community with all the challenges and opportunities that brings. We name before you Bill and Anne Lavender, Tommy, Bill Milton at home, Shirley and Elizabeth at work, Debbie and Evelyn, Douglas McComb and Mary Henderson, who are still recovering from COVID. For John and his friend Shirley, as she undergoes tests to see if she's had a stroke. For those whose parents and family members are seriously unwell. And for friends from the coffee morning who are greatly missed at this time. We pray for Hillhead, a diverse community spread across the nation and around the world, seeking to serve Jesus in the complexity of these times. We pray for the coffee club, which continues to support friendship amongst some of the senior folk. And from the church's prayer diary, we remember Liz and Douglas, Anne and Brian, Paul P and Mary P, Leslie and Alistair, Grace and Will, Nancy, Lizzie and Petri, Ian, Elizabeth and Joanna. And we think especially of those who are still grieving the recent deaths of close friends and family members. Lastly, we take a moment or two of silence to bring to God our private prayers, seeking encouragement, refreshment and hope for the days that lie ahead. God of all people, all times and all places, accept our prayers in the name of Christ. Amen.
circle us, Lord. Keep hope within. Keep doubt without. Circle us, Lord. Keep light near and darkness apart. Circle us, Lord. Keep peace within. Keep evil out. Amen. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine upon your face. May the rain fall softly on your face. Until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine upon your face. May the rain fall softly on your fields. Until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm.